Good news. My new book is finally here. It's called Handbook for the Heartbroken, A Woman's Path from Devastation to Rebirth, and you can order it now wherever books are sold. I wrote this book after the five-year span between 2016 and 2020 when I experienced serial heartbreaks that rocked literally every area of my life, my health, relationships, money, career, social status, and even my very sense of self. And along the way, I really got to experience firsthand how dysfunctional our culture's relationship is to loss. I saw how we live in a heartbreak illiterate world that's obsessed with success and shackled with isolation and ignorant of how valuable our suffering can be for our growth and our evolution not only as individuals, but also as a collective. So this book expands the conversation around loss beyond just breakups and bereavement, although we definitely cover those too, in order to include falls from grace of all kinds, personal, professional, and collective. So whether you're experiencing hardship now, or know you have past hurts that are holding you back in certain ways and still need healing, this book is here to support you. It's also a great book to gift to clients, family members, friends, just other women in your world who are going through a challenging time. It will show you that it's only through fully turning toward your heartbreak with support, courage, and compassion that you can heal. So within the loving pages of this book, you will have full permission to fall apart and slowly, organically find your way back to greater wholeness. I'm truly excited to share this with you. It was not a joy to live this journey, but it really was a joy to write it. And you can find it again, wherever books are sold and the audio version of the book is available as well. If you would like some gifts to accompany you on your heartbreak journey, you can get those at handbookfortheheartbroken.com. Those are free. Whenever you order books, you can just send in your invoice or your receipt and we'll send you those accompanying gifts. Enjoy. Hello, sisters. Welcome to She Talks. I'm Sarah Von Stover, a teacher of feminine spirituality and empowerment, best-selling author, and founder of The Way of the Happy Woman. And my aim in everything I share is to create a more loving, harmonious world by guiding women home to their inner wisdom. You see, I believe that when a woman is connected with that still, quiet voice of her wise woman within, which I call her she, she's then able to have a more grounded, trusting, and joyful relationship with all of life. And I felt inspired to create this podcast in particular because one of my favorite ways of aligning with the sacred is to listen to Dharma talks or wisdom teachings from the Buddhist tradition. Over the years, though, I've felt really frustrated that a feminine voice and perspective are distinctly missing from these. I've longed to hear wisdom talks on, say, PMS, or navigating the ups and downs of intimate relationship, or staying connected to one's sensuality amidst the busyness of the daily grind, to self-esteem, motherhood, and all those issues that so press on our hearts as women. And since I couldn't find these talks anywhere, I realized I would need to be the one to create them. 
So blending yoga, Buddhism, feminine spirituality, and the nitty gritty of our daily lives as modern women, she talks our heartfelt teachings that offer a fresh, provocative, and inspiring perspective on how to overcome our biggest struggles in life. And throughout the month of January, I am offering a special series of seasonal talks here on the podcast called Bubble Bath Wisdom. Why bubble bath wisdom, you ask? Well, a warm, sensual bubble bath is one of my all-time favorite self-care rituals, especially during the cold, dark winter months where I live here in Boulder, Colorado. Along the feminine spiritual path, rituals like these aren't luxuries, they're necessities. They're sacred ways to return to stillness, to center ourselves in our bodies, to replenish our reserves, and to practice loving kindness and compassion. Now, I've worked with enough women over the years to know how easy it is to let bubble baths, meditation slip to the bottom of our overflowing to-do lists. And that's why I've created this series. Bubble Bath Wisdom is my gift to you to help you make self-care a way of life in this new year. So for 15 to 20 minutes or the length of one delicious bubble bath, I'll share a clip of a talk I gave at one of my recent retreats. At the end of each clip, I'll also share a guided practice to help you embody those teachings. Now, those practices are not meant to be done in the bath, by the way. Each of these shines a light on an aspect of our feminine spiritual path. From relationships, all the way to some taboo topics like our menstrual cycles and our shadows. These talks also offer a taste, hopefully a nourishing and delicious one, of the teachings that I'll offer in the She School, my nine-month spiritual practice community for women, which is only open for registration once a year in this month of January. Now, the She School provides the mentorship and monthly retreats you need to place self-care, spiritual practice, and your soul's calling as the foundation of your everyday life in 2016. So now, draw yourself a bath or shift into your favorite self-care mode, settle in, light a candle, and exhale. Welcome home. faces this morning. So it's our, obviously it's our final session together, formal session, and our minds have started to turn very strongly towards what's next. So that's what we're going to be exploring this morning before we move into our practice is how do we translate our experience here to our home life? So that's where it really matters. That's where the rubber meets the road. Some days that's where the shit hits the fan. (sighs) So a day without practice, a day without turning in and seeing what's here and then applying skillful means 
is not going to be a very good day. It's not going to be an empowered day. It's going to be a day where we are thrashed about by the ways of life, by other people's agendas, and where our habitual tendencies can take over and sabotage us. So that will still happen when you practice. Let's not, let's not be unrealistic. But it will happen to a lesser degree, and you will have that inner anchor to come back to because you will, it will be fresh in your mind, be fresh in your awareness. So a successful practice is not whether or not you veer off the path. It's not like following a diet where you do the diet well if you don't cheat. You only eat X many calories a day and certain foods. It's a much more forgiving path, much more sane, human path in that it's actually a celebration when we realize that we've gone off the path, when we realize on the meditation cushion that we're distracted, when we're going through our day and we realize that we're in reactivity, when we can catch that, that is a victory. That is the practice working on us, that flash of awareness. So we don't see that as a reprimand of, oh, I... I just messed up. I just fell asleep in my practice, in my yoga practice, my meditation practice. Hard to fall asleep in your yoga practice. <laughs> I feel really tired. Be doing a yin pose. Definitely falling asleep in a yin pose when I'm tired. Maybe we've fallen asleep in our meditation practice, or we're numbing out. There's something, there's an anxiety that we don't want to feel. And so we just spend an hour on Facebook doing who knows what. Not something that really feels good to us. Not something that really helps us connect with our community on Facebook, but that actually makes us feel worse about ourselves. And so then we're just, we're just digging that wound even deeper. And that's painful. And that's going to happen. It doesn't have to be Facebook. That's just one of the the options du jour, especially for for us as women. We love to connect. And we also love to disconnect from ourselves. So the most important thing in those times of disconnection is is to notice that, that it's happening. And then that we carve out that space every day. And some of you already do that and continue doing that and use whatever has inspired you from this week to, to add to it, to adjust it, to fine tune it. And that's, that's something that's really beautiful about practice retreats is we can reach these plateaus in our practice. Things can get a little stale and we're just going through the motions 
and we can go on retreat and get a lot of, of new information, a lot of renewed commitment that we can then bring home with us. If we don't have a regular practice, it's time to create one. Start with 10 minutes a day and build up to one, two hours a day, anywhere in, in between. But the most important thing is that we don't think that if it's not a one hour, two hour practice, then it's not worth doing. So some of us are in different seasons of our lives. Maybe you're working a lot. Maybe you are raising children or having some a sick child or something going on with your child that they need more from you. So you have to give less to yourself. Then it's even more important that you create that time, even sometime, anytime. And there's a reason why in spiritual traditions around the world throughout time that it's advised to do a practice in the morning because that is when our, our cup is still half empty. It has not yet overflowing with all the content of the day. We have not yet turned on our phone to see what text messages we've gotten or open our email to see what the world is wanting from us on that day. We haven't logged into Facebook to see you know, who commented on that thing that you posted or what's so-and-so doing this morning. But it's just time to connect to yourself and to connect with what matters to you, connect with why you're here, what, who do you want to be in your life? And to connect with the sacred, however you experience that. To remember your ultimate priorities in life. What you are most, what and to whom you are most devoted to. And then there's um, a, f a fortifying of, of your heart and a fortifying of your mind to face whatever that day brings. And there's a listening to this, this feeling body, this vulnerable body that is so susceptible to injury, to illness, to the vicissitudes of life. There's an inner listening so that we can, we can offer skillful care to help heal and to help us to move through the world with, with strength and vitality and ease. But none of that's going to come without making time for it. None of that's going to come without listening to what's needed 
listening to our hearts, remembering what we most care about, asking the big questions, those questions that open the door. Who am I? Why am I here? What matters most? How can I be more loving and generous today? How can I use whatever is arising to awaken my heart and mind? How can I forgive myself? For having been too aggressive in that moment or for having numbed out and abandoned myself or abandoned another, been reactive and egotistical in how we interacted with someone because we were triggered. And through this practice space, we start to come to know ourselves as not in the trendy sense of the word, as a goddess, as an earthly goddess who values her femininity, values her feminine form, values the feminine qualities of awakening, of love, compassion, mercy, radiance. And we can bring into our space with us images of goddesses from other traditions that speak to us. And there is a very potent practice of visualizing those deities and creating a relationship with them. But ultimately the final stage of those practices is to see yourself as that goddess. So to keep turning our eyes inward to how can I express through my personality, through the circumstances of my life, through the limitations and capacities that are available to me, in a way that is genuine for me, in a way that is real and human. Now, I'm not trying to be perfect. How can I express these qualities of the enlightened feminine? So in a moment when there has been a betrayal or a boundary has been crossed, that I can unleash the sacred wrath and say no. Or I can know that I am open to the flow of divine prosperity, that my nature is abundant, that I have endless compassion and mercy for anything or anyone who comes to me for any reason. I can hold that. My heart can hold that. So 
So our practice time is the cornerstone of our lives. If we want to have anything worthwhile out of life, we need to have this time for ourselves. All meaningful relationships, all fruitful creativity, all real prosperity, which is knowing that sometimes things come and sometimes things are taken away. Sometimes we're talking about goddesses. Sometimes the goddess Kali comes and things can be wiped clean. You could be robbed or your house could burn down or you can make a bad investment. But knowing that when we have this space to come back to, there is... a center. There is a center in a world that can often seem like there isn't one. We can take the seed in the center of ourselves. So you've seen through our time here that this isn't about fixing ourselves. This isn't about telling the inner critic to stop being critical, telling the inner child to stop being so childish, stop being so needy, stop being so sensitive. It's not about telling the wild woman to rein it in, brush her hair, put on some deodorant, why don't you? (laughs) Shave those legs. But it's about letting these parts of ourselves be who they are, giving them space, giving them the right amount of attention, Goldilocks amount of attention, not too much, not too little, to attune to them. So just like the space that we've had here, If Katie and I were to come and knock on your doors and say, okay, what are you doing now? What are you doing now in this room? We'd be smothering you. But if I just left you for days on end, said, see, I'm going to go over to to the mainland and check things out there, and you would be abandoned. So it's the right amount of contact and space. And the same is true for us. So we let these parts of ourselves be who they are. And we we apply appropriate contact. So that way there's, there's room for growth. There's room for improvement. To see, okay, well... My inner child just completely had a meltdown through me. <laughs> she was feeling overwhelmed and didn't get the support that she needed. So how can, I, how can I be more skillful in that situation? How can we improve upon this? So we're always using those both lenses. It's the lens of accepting what's here. And of knowing that there's infinite room for for growth. 
And if we don't leave that accepting what's here, then we just, we get obsessed with the fixing, the perfecting, and we can never rest. We can never rest in ourselves. We can never rest in this moment because we're always thinking that something's wrong with the moment and we're always in the next one. So we take home with us the skillful means and the compassionate acceptance. I gave this talk on the final morning of our annual She Retreat in Mexico last November. I always feel so fired up on the last day of retreat. All the women there always look so radiant, just beaming from the inside. After a week of being fed nourishing food, they don't need to cook, getting plenty of sleep, soaking in nature's beauty, and being immersed in women's yoga and meditation practices every day. These retreats really shine at the heart of my life and my annual program, the She School, because I believe that retreats are really the best and only truly effective way a woman can fully align with her inner wisdom and live her life from it. In the She School, we don't have to travel to go on retreat, though, unless, of course, you want to. We also have a luxe membership for women who want more of a personalized mentorship through the year where we meet for a week long retreat in Montana. But for regular members, we can just retreat right from the cozy comforts of our own living rooms or bedrooms. Each month we meet online through a live streaming webinar and I guide women through a few hours of practice, including an inspirational talk like the one you just heard, some journaling, and then some mindfulness meditation and yin and flow yoga. Throughout, there's always a rich interaction from our sisterhood through a chat that streams right next to the video. And of course, many women can't come live, so they always have the recording to enjoy when their schedules allow. Now, at the end of that talk that I just shared, I offered a checklist to the women at the retreat. And that checklist, by the way, is not another to-do list, but it's one that includes the practices that I feel every woman needs to include in her life in order to be really integrated and well-rounded. This is a sampling of the practices that I'll also teach in depth during the She School. So have a listen and see what you feel called to include, to start, or expand your daily practice in the year ahead. Enjoy. So elements to bring into our practice. Listen to what you, what you felt drawn to here, both in the terms of what you felt really attracted to, what really kind of lit you up and resonated, and in terms of what what did you really resist? What was really hard for you? So we want to have our growing edge and something that feels just deliciously right in the practice. So some tools that we explored, we did the four-part check-in, amending it to be a six-part check-in, adding the inner critic and the inner child. I recommend doing that every day. 
to simply just notice what's here. It doesn't need to take a long time. You can even do it mentally as you sit down on your cushion or come into a yin pose. But without that, it's where it's like we're moving through the day with a blindfold on, blind to ourselves. And if we're blind to ourselves, we're going to be blind to other people. Uh, journaling. doesn't need to be every day, but if you're in a period of life where there's a lot to digest, where there's a lot coming up internally, or there's a lot that you're facing externally, a journal is a really good release of that to get the emotions out on the page, get them out of you. If you're wanting to connect with your creativity, it can be very helpful. Setting our intention. Remembering why we're doing what we're doing. Taking refuge in the teachings that have heart and meaning to us in our spiritual community so we know we're not in it alone. In our own awakened essence, even if that feels occluded from us, and if we're feeling despair or anger, we know through that intention, we remember that that is still here now. We're just not grasping it. Come into a simple yin pose, butterfly or wide-kneed child's pose to come into the belly center. And sometimes if you only have time for one yoga pose a day, just do that one yoga pose. It's very non-intimidating. Doesn't take a lot of willpower. It's a soft refuge to simply feel yourself, to slow down and feel. You can do the pranayama sequence that we've been doing, which we'll do again today. You can do a meditation, either 12 minutes or a full gataka, 12 minutes or 24 minutes. If you are more advanced in your practice, do 24 minutes. And once a week, double that to do 48 minutes. And if you're newer, do 12 minutes. And then once a week, double that and do 24. And then you can move through your own skillful mix of yin and flow yoga. Or if there's another, if, if qigong or some sort of martial arts or some, some other conscious embodiment speaks to you, dance, bring that in. But we want to have times of where we can practice in a more restorative, quiet, restful way. 
for those days when we are sick or tired, or maybe we've been pushing too hard and we need to cultivate more yin. If you go to acupuncture, your acupuncturist will listen to your pulse and they'll tell you if you're yin deficient or yang deficient. When I do that, that always tells me, okay, I need more yin poses. I need less yin poses. And we can, if it's the yin practice, we can adapt to the season that we're in. In The Way of the Happy Woman, I share seasonal yoga practices. Sarah Powers and Insight Yoga shares practices for different organ systems. So if we know our digestion is off, to do something for the colon, the spleen, If we're needing to detoxify, maybe we had a surgery or we've been taking medication or we've just been, haven't been eating as cleanly as we'd like. Come back from a yoga vacation and we've been having margaritas every night. That's what our wild women have been doing. It's <laughs> noticing. Shots of tequila, margaritas at the bar. That's what my wild woman has been doing, at least. (laughs) Or if we've been traveling a lot or giving a lot, then we want to do more for the kidneys. And then we want to have physical practices that make us sweat, that really get our heart rate up and bring in more yang energy. So a stronger yoga practice with challenging poses like standing on our hands, handstand. Uh, Standing poses, strengthening our legs. Live in Boulder, so many times a week I go hiking get out in nature and also to bring in more of that, that yang energy, more exuberant dancing. So we want to have emphasis on upper and lower body to help keep our bones and our joints strong, to help our posture as we age. And core practices. Every day, something, even that first yin pose helps to bring awareness to the core. Some, sign, some kind of core practice to bring heat into the belly, which helps the digestive fire, helps our hormonal system, creative organs, our sense of power and vitality. We want to activate that. Core practices. Um, 
There are some in Sarah Power's book, Inside Yoga, and they can just be any, also any of the ones that we've done this week. Just simple, simple things that you would do to strengthen your abdominals, like boat pose, like we did yesterday. You know, something to, I don't want to fall backwards. (laughs) Something that just makes you really bring your attention in your belly. Or like when we did Warrior 3 at the wall, you had to... When you do plank pose, you have to be in your belly. Or when side plank, even doing the handstand against the wall, there's core activation to go upside down. And time for Shavasana. So time for rest. We can bring in visualization, different times when needed in the yin practice or even in the flow practice and shavasana. To help bring healing to a certain part of the body, to visualize a positive outcome. To help to steer our hearts and minds in the direction of thinking about something other than just ourselves and other than thinking about the worst possible scenario. So this is a lot. So on a retreat day, we can do all of this, no problem. On a typical morning, we're going to need to pick and choose. We're going to need to abbreviate. And one day a week, we want to do our best to have a longer practice. And we want to build in because we all know that it was challenging to get here not just in terms of flights and taxis and all that, but actually carving out the the time and the space and the support at home to be able to get away. I've spoken to some of you, some of you had to go through great measures to make sure that things were tended to in the home environment. So this is where we can get our planner out And we're coming towards the time of the new year. So it's a great time to sit down and look at 2016. When am I going to go on retreat? Can I block that off? And seeing where, where's going to be a time that I can anticipate when that will be possible, when I'm going to really need it. So after After a big stretch of something, we want to know that on the other side of it, there's going to be a landing strip for us. And this is how we can, one of the ways that we can become our own best friend is to know, okay, I'm going to really crank it. I'm going to really do this. And when I do on the other side, there's going to be lots of space for me to let down. And that helps us to show up more 
for our lives. Because we know, okay, there's a fuel stop coming. So we don't have to, I hate driving with the, the fuel light on. It makes me very anxious. <laughs> so it's the same in my own life. I don't like, I don't like going through my life with the tank on E and the light on, you know, saying, fill it up, fill it up. So we fill it up in the mornings and maybe we can do a day-long retreat at a yoga studio or a meditation center near our homes or in our own home, we can do that. Maybe a weekend retreat and then we need these longer stretches to really unwind and to make headway in our practice. If we don't go on retreat, our practice isn't going to advance. It's really where things accelerate. So our, our daily practice is like maintenance. It's like dental, it's like flossing our teeth, but we still need to go to the dentist and retreats for me are way better than the dentist. <laughs> They're not, maybe it's a bad analogy, but, but you know how it feels to go to the dentist and have them clean your teeth. It's like, it's a, euphoric experience when you walk out of there and run your tongue across your teeth. It's like, wow. And we could go down any one of these particular methods of practice and open up a whole other dimension to it. So there's, there's really there's so much here, but none of it matters if you don't, if you don't do any of it. And if you don't do it your way, make it yours. Not as a path to escape yourself or to perfect yourself, but to be more fully yourself. To be genuine. To know that it, we're not here to be superhuman or Katie's t-shirt. We're not here to be Wonder Woman. <laughs> but how can we be human? How can we be woman, this woman? Take off the masks, the protective mechanisms. Especially on the spiritual path where it's Almost, it is applauded to be kind of holier than now. But that's actually moving in the wrong direction. How can we be more real? If you enjoyed this talk, I and the women you love would be ever so grateful if you shared it with them through an email or social media post, or better yet, 
if you wrote a review for this podcast on iTunes to help other women find it in the future. And if you're curious about how to live these teachings in your daily life, come on over and explore The She School at thesheschool.com. You can explore all the details. You'll see our in-depth nine-month curriculum, how we structure the course through group mentoring calls and monthly yoga and meditation video retreats. And there's also an extensive FAQ to cover all of your most pressing questions. But best of all, you'll see the bright, beautiful women who make up our global sisterhood. The two certified teachers who helped me run the program and the stories and voices from our alumni whose lives have been transformed by the She School. Remember, registration is only open once a year and our nine month journey begins on February 1st. It would be an honor to hold your hand and shine the light on your path in the year ahead. You can join us at thesheschool.com. I'll be back again in a few days with our next talk. And until then, I'm sending you my heartfelt support. Thank you so much for being part of our sisterhood.